Warner's solicitors provide advice on a range of legal matters to individuals, families, and businesses. The leading legal directories regularly recognize Warner's as offering some of the best legal advice in the region. This series of podcasts will give you an insight into some of the legal issues that may affect you and your family. A very warm welcome to another podcast episode with Warner's Solicitors. And today I'm with Charles Tennant. Charles is a partner with Warner's Solicitors and specialises in family law. And today we're going to be focusing on pensions and divorce. Now, when a couple divorces or dissolves their civil partnership, pensions might be the last thing on their mind. However, your pension could be one of your or your partner's most valuable assets So it's imperative to consider pensions when you're working out how to split your finances. So, Charles, how will my pension be divided in these situations? Paul, there are effectively three options that are available in the divorce situation. The two most likely are what's called pension sharing or pension offsetting. And then there's a third very unusual option called pension attachment. So if we talk about pension sharing firstly, now pension sharing is is actually relatively new. It's only been in place for approximately 20 odd years. And in the event of pension sharing, what happens is that if, for example, one person has a pension fund uh, that sets worth £100,000 and that's shared equally, then half that fund is sent off to the other person and they have their own completely separate pension which they can then choose to invest uh, subject to the rules with their own pension provider potentially and certainly they can choose on when they draw down and how they draw down whether they take a lump sum or whether they take an annuity etc etc so that's pension sharing and that's often the fairest way and the most precise way of dividing pensions. The other option that one sees very often is what's called pension offsetting. Now that's where actually the pensions are left alone. And instead of them being formally divided by way of a pension sharing order, what happens is that actually one person says, I'm going to hang on to my pension. And then the other person says, okay, well, I need to have some extra cash, some extra capital to make up for it. Now, there's a real difficulty with pension offsetting, which is that it's an imprecise science. In fact, I'm not convinced it's a science at all. It's probably more an art. And indeed, a few years ago, there was a very interesting academic article. I won't bore you with the details of it, but what's interesting is what the title of the article was. The title of the article is Pensions and apples and apples or apples and pears. And the real key point is this, is that if one person has one pension and it might appear to be worth, for example, £100,000, and another person has a completely different pension with a completely different provider, and on paper that's also worth £100,000, you might think simplistically, oh, that's fine, everyone's got the same pension. But if it later turned out that actually one of those pensions was what we call a defined benefit pension scheme, otherwise known as a final salary pension scheme, and the other one was what we call a defined contribution scheme or a money purchase scheme, actually they're very different funds. And the likelihood is, this is only a likelihood rather than a certainty, the likelihood is the person who left that arrangement with the defined benefit or the final salary schemes actually probably got a much, much better outcome. 
Because what you tend to find is that the income that is generated, the value of that pension is much greater than it would be if it was an equivalent money purchase or defined contribution scheme. So that's pension offsetting, very complicated, not easy, but well liked because it's simple and because often what we find is that certain individuals want to hang on to their pensions and certain individuals are not so worried about pensions and perhaps more interested in hanging on to capital, for example, being able to hang on to the family home. I spoke very briefly, and I'm not going to say a great deal about pension attachment. That's very unusual now. The reason it's unusual is because if you have what's called a pension attachment order, then the pension attachment order dies with the pensioner. For example, if there's a pension attachment order from one individual to the other, and the person with the benefit of the order continues to live, but the payer dies, then the pension dies with them. So actually not something that many people should be keen to go down that route for the obvious reasons. So not something we see uh, at all regularly now. So in essence, will I have to split my pension 50-50? Potentially, yes, but absolutely probably not. It's a very much more complicated than that. Firstly, of course, you've got to establish what pensions each person has and obviously what doesn't tend to happen is that one person has all the pensions or one person has a precise percentage then you've got to establish as i just explained earlier what the real value of those pensions is and as briefly mentioned earlier the difficulty is that the what's called the transfer value or the capital value that's used for divorce purposes is not always a reliable indicator of the true value of the pension But certainly after a long marriage, then there is a strong likelihood that pensions are going to be shared broadly equally. Whether or not it's absolutely 50-50 is by no means certain, but certainly broadly equally. And if I've built up a large pension pot before I got married, do I have to split the total value of my pension with my ex-partner? That's a really contentious issue. And the relatively recent case law is that if, for example, and the problem with family law is that examples, are, uh, the devil's in the detail, but if, for example, if you had someone who contributed their pension for, say, 30 years, and for the first 15 years they were not married, but for the second 15 years they were, in that sort of scenario, there's a really big risk that, yes, they would end up having to share half the entire pension, including all those contributions made prior to the marriage. If you take a different scenario, a much shorter marriage, perhaps you contributed to your pension for 10 years and then you were only married for two or three years and when you get divorced, you're in your early 40s. In that scenario, you might avoid a pension sharing order altogether. But certainly if you're talking about a, a marriage of any sort of reasonable duration, so probably eight, 10 years or longer, and if you're talking about a marriage that's generated children where you've had a family then you are looking very much at the risk of having to share your entire pension irrelevant of when you contributed to it thank you for that uh, charles now i don't have a workplace pension for example or, or a private pension will i have to split my state pension the simple answer is probably not no in theory there is something called an additional state pension and theoretically that could be subject to a pension sharing order but that's actually very unusual so no nine times out of ten you hang on to your state pension 
entirely. I'm sure that's uh, very good news to some people. Now, my partner has a final salary pension. Will I get half of the current face value? So this goes back to the point I was I was talking about earlier, which is this issue of what a pension is is really worth. And the answer is, no, you probably won't get half the face value. You may actually get half of a greater value. The difficulty is that the final salary, these defined pension schemes, the transfer value, the capital value that's used for divorce purposes is often, not always, but it's often an undervalue. So actually, the possibility is, in that scenario, that you get a pension share that's greater than half the current face value. And and this really comes to the key point about pensions, which is that pensions are enormously complex. Different schemes operate in different manners. They have different administrators. And it's a grave error, either as an individual or as a solicitor, to believe that you are a pensions expert. If there are large pensions then it is nearly always going to be the right decision to get some pensions advice. Initially, you might be able to get that from uh, pensions IFA, but subject to the initial comments, they make their preliminary reviews. You might often, in many cases, certainly, for example, if there was a defined benefit or final salary scheme, in that sort of scenario, probably going to need what's called a pension sharing report and that's probably going to have to be prepared by some form of pension actuary or other pension expert. So the truth is that it's a big risk for you the individual or your lawyer to try and decide what is fair when it comes to pensions without that expert advice and guidance. Charles thank you for covering those points. As you say this is a a very complex area of law. If people want to get in touch with you directly, how can they do that at Warner's? There are a number of ways. Obviously, they can contact us by email or telephone and via our website. And obviously, they're more than welcome to pop into the office and uh, make an appointment via reception. Do you want to give your direct email address? You. Yes, absolutely. My email address is c.tenant, which is T-E-N-N-A-N-T, at Warners, W-A-R-N-E-R-S dot law. Thank you for your time today, Charles. I've been talking to Charles Tennant, uh, who is a partner with Warners Law. We've been talking about pensions and divorce with Charles. Do check out the other podcasts in this series. You can gain extremely good advice from the solicitors at, at Warners. And for the family team, please arrange a consultation with one of the team here at Warner's Listers as soon as it's convenient for you. I'm Paul Harvey. Please join me next time. Thank you for listening to this Warner's Solicitors podcast. To find out more about our expert legal teams and the advice and services they deliver for both individuals and businesses, please go to warners-solicitors.co.uk.